0: Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to the Futurist Pod. Glad you could join us um, today. I kind of decided to uh, do another classic one, so I'm doing Back to the Future. Um, just kind of when people think of sci-fi in film, this is, I think, probably one of the very first one that come first ones that come to mind. Uh, so this was released in 1985, which I am kind of surprised at because I feel like um, it could have been a little bit sooner. Like if I had kind of guessed what the release date would be or release year, it definitely would have been sooner. So we have uh, Robert Zemeckis directing this one. We have Spielberg as uh, the executive producer for uh, all three of these uh, in the trilogy. Honestly, I have, so I've seen, obviously I've seen the first one several times, but I tried to watch the second one and then, I was planning on watching the third one. Um, I got partway through the second one, and I just had some plans come up, so I never ended up finishing it. I've been meaning to go back and, and uh, finish it for a long time. But anyway, so this is just a, a classic movie. Like, it's hard to kind of give out these details when you know that everybody already knows all of them. But, yeah, we have just these classic performances from Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. I just, I... I cannot get enough of Christopher Lloyd in this movie just I love his eyes like his, his eyes are just like I don't know he, he's just so dramatic and I don't know it's hard to describe what exactly I like about it but um, anyway so it actually won um, an Oscar for best sound editing um, which is interesting um, that wouldn't be the thing that I th- that I would think this movie would get the award for I thought about it a little bit and I realized, oh, that's a little bit, that kind of makes sense between, I mean, this is kind of not that important, but the first um, uh, scene with the with the giant amp is pretty cool. Um, with the lightning strike, with uh, the car going back in time, you have that all that, I don't really know what sound it makes. It's just like a big screeching and who knows what, but um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit random. Um, it was nominated for a few others, uh, including Best Original Screenplay, which is kind of more along the lines of what I think I would imagine would be the Oscar that it would get, um, as well as Best Sound Mixing, which is kind of in that uh, the same realm of that first one. Um, so I remember when I first saw this, uh, This was I was a little bit late to the party. I only saw this a few years ago. Um, I had been wanting to watch it for a long time. I'd, of course, heard a lot of good things. I was, I was very tuned into all the little details of the movie because that's what I expect when I watch a science fiction movie. I always pay attention to the details because I know that they will come up later and they will be important. And I think for this kind of movie, the way that this movie is, that was a, a really good mindset to, to have. Um, just because of the fact that this movie includes a lot of um, little pieces of dialogue and little um, details in the setting, uh, that if you're paying attention, you can look back and say, oh, I saw this earlier in the movie um, at a future point in time, in 1985, and now we're in 1955, and I recognize this, um, or vice versa. Um, If you're paying attention, you can see these things. You can see um, just little bits of ironic dialogue where there's talk within um, Marty's mother's family and just talking about um, you know, recognizing Marty, saying they know him from somewhere, things like that where um, it's just obvious. It's only obvious to the main character the irony that's going on um, and to the audience, but to no one else. And it's just a really cool effect, I think. And so I kind of want to give you guys um, just some of, my, some of my memories from when I first saw this. So um, like I said, it was a few years ago, and I, 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 was, I really loved it when I first saw it. Um, I, I loved just the way that you could, like I said, look at those details and see the unique parts about it. See the, um, the, the pieces that come back, um, from 1985 to 1955 that you can, if you're paying attention, you can see. I, I, I love time travel in all of the, well, most of the science fiction movies that I've seen if, if it's, if it's done well. And so this, this movie I think is probably pretty well known um, at least as far as I have heard, for being internally consistent, uh, it is the rules that it gives in the movie. It sticks to them, and they let you know with the dialogue a lot of the time with Doc Brown's uh, dialogue. Uh, the little the little things that you need uh, to know to if you have questions, if you have questions, and I I do this a lot since I ask. Uh, so many in- internal questions, and I, I am so skeptical and I doubt everything that I see in the movie because uh, I'm trying to understand it. They answer those questions with the dialogue. For example, this was it, it, some of these aren't that important, but uh, when they are refilling the car towards the beginning of the movie with the plutonium, after uh, Doc Brown puts the cap back on the little container where he puts the plutonium in, uh, he looks up and says, uh, okay, we're good now, and he or well, he takes his uh, helmet off first, and then says, "Okay, we're good now." Um, and then he says, "The containers are lead-lined," and so if you're paying attention, you might, for a split second, you might think, you know, does the, you know, does the material that's uh, holding the plutonium really matter? Like it really shouldn't. Like the, you you might you don't really like you're not able to take off your suits. The radiation is just going to to leak through. Uh, but once you find out that they're lead lined, then it makes a lot more sense. Um, so it's just little things like that that I really appreciate. That lots of science fiction movies, where um, they have details that they don't, they don't want to have too much dialogue. But I think there's little little ways like that that you can sneak things in um, to appease those like me who are are sticklers about it. And so those are some of the things that I remember being uh, amazed about. That I remember really loving. When I first watched it is how internally consistent it was, how much it made sense with the rules that it gave, um, how detailed they were about giving you um, the, the facts and the knowledge that you needed to make sense of what was going on um, and to not have any little uh, outliers, any little things that didn't make sense that, you know, it would bug you for the rest of the movie and that you would think about afterward when you are trying to think of inconsistencies. And, then, and another uh, cool fact that I found, um, just it's kind of funny, the, the budget for this movie is $19 million, which um, for movies back then seems slightly high, honestly, um, for that time. But compared to now, it's crazy uh, just the quality of a movie that can be made without the amount of money. It's very obvious um, the... The downgrade in the quality of the special effects—it's um, very obvious—and the downgrade of the quality of the of the sound effects, and just the, even you know, obviously it won an Oscar for it, so that's you know, it might not be acceptable to say, but you can just kind of see all those little nuggets that aren't the same. But um, at, at this time, I think that makes it super charming um, just to go and watch that and you know, some people laugh and some people don't find that as appealing. But I think when you see all the movies that are being made now that have that, you know, that quality of special effects, and then to go back and watch those, it's like, oh, these movies, if you really pay attention, these movies can be made super well. And they don't need to have all of these extra things piled on top just to wow the audience. They can have a cool story. They can have um, funny characters, which is another thing you can talk about in this movie, where it's not—it's not one that makes you think super hard intellectually. Um, especially if you have watched other sci—sorry, uh, time travel movies before, they have lots of just funny moments that they include that don't take away from the um, from the dire nature of you know Marty McFly coming this close, and they ride that suspense out i remember something else that i remember when i first watched it that suspense at the end just um and and some movies do this really well where they have multiple layers of of uh, accidents happening they have one accident after another after another at the very end of the movie before the finale that uh that get that suspense super high because um you think that after one accident or two or three that it's gonna be okay now that they're gonna figure it out, but when they keep adding them, it it just um, you don't know when it's gonna end, and so that kind of adds that layer. But I just I just love the the funny moments between um, Michael J. Fox and, and Christopher Lloyd's interactions with each other, that uh, and other things, you know, just with the homeless man and the uh, I'm trying to remember what else. I I actually uh, just barely watched this again just so I could have my mind fresh because. It's one of those movies that you know you've watched a few times and you always remember because uh, they're just so great and so classic. But um, when you haven't watched them a while, in a while, some of the details fade away. Just all of the the, the Doc Brown one-liners and and all those little things um, really add to the levity of the film. They they make it not um, as intellectual as it could be if you didn't have these things. And I think it's a great effect. Um, it just kind of adds to the aesthetic of the film, just makes it what it is. Uh, and so, yeah, I really, well, I certainly hope you guys have seen this. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I hope you guys will give these um, opinions some thought. Um, they're not exactly uh, hot takes. I'm just kind of rehearsing. I mean, I think a lot of people feel this way, um, just a lot of the little things that add to the nature of, of the movie. Um, So I hope you guys will have a great rest of your day. Um, I think that, so I have another episode planned uh, that I'm going to do. And this is actually going to be my second to last uh, episode for the season. So this is just season one currently. Uh, Season two, I don't think will be that far away. Um, I'll make sure to keep you guys posted on that if you follow the Instagram. Um, Yeah, so season one, I'll have... Um, a cool finale, I, ha- I actually have that one planned out. So yeah, I hope you guys will uh, maybe, you know, maybe go watch Back to the Future again if you haven't seen it in a while. Uh, maybe notice a lot of these things that I just talked about, and little thing the little things that, that add to the movie, um, and then wait for the finale. because I think you guys will like it just to close it out. I don't want to give it away. It's hard not to. Uh, so yeah, have a great rest of your day again. And hope you guys will go and follow the Instagram if you don't already at the Futurist Pod. Stay safe, you guys. Peace out.